This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. Let's make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Hailing frequencies open, sir. And welcome back, everybody. Hello, this is Jordan Hoffman. I'm the host of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jordan. Now, uh, this is an exciting time. We've got a special episode this week. Red alert, special episode. Special midweek mini minisode. We finally got to see Harcourt Fenton Mudd, Harry Mudd, on our, I want to say on our TVs, but not everybody watches Discovery on TV. I do. Many don't. The kids these days watch on a, on a laptop. On an iPod or I, iPad. I, I, I need my couch. A Zoom. I need my couch. A laptop. Sometimes I'll watch on a laptop. Not necessarily Discovery, but it's like in general a movie, a Vimeo. I'll watch it on my laptop. I have a big fancy TV that I yeah. paid a lot of money for, so I want to see things very clearly and in a very yeah. large. What do you use, Roku? Uh, I'm actually running through things through my Xbox. Xbox is just as good. Yeah. Xbox, Roku, Amazon Stick. Yep. Google has one too, the Google thing, whatever. Chromecast. Chromecast. I have one of those too. Yeah. All right. Well, I usually use the Roku, but they're all the same. So we finally saw Harry Mudd, the new Harry Mudd, which is the older Harry Mudd, if you want to go in the timeline. <laughs> and speaking of older, it was many weeks ago that we spoke to Rain Wilson on the phone. Uh, how many weeks ago was it? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a really long time ago. It couldn't have been that long ago. I think it was like in August. No. Was it? It wasn't that. Wait, it feels longer? Wait a minute. This is fascinating. The listeners yes, really want to know. No, they do. They're riveted. It um, doesn't matter, but I think it was August or maybe early September. It, it, oh, it was uh, August 30th we recorded it. August 31st we recorded it. August, no, 30, 30, 30. So it was midnight. It was, it was both days. Was, yes. We spoke no, it to was Rain Wilson uh, on, on August 30th because uh, we did. And we already had that conversation about other topics. And then what happened was we're like, Rain, buddy, we're not going to get you on the phone that much. Let's talk about Harry Mudd. But, uh, you know, we weren't allowed to let you hear it until now. That's just the way it works in showbiz. They call that an embargo. Embargoes are not just for Cuban missiles. They're for... Uh, <laughs> they're for um, you know, this kind of crap, too. So anyway, let's now tell you. So I don't, you know, it was in August. I have, I have no memory at all of what we talked about. I don't remember either. I think. And I don't even smoke pot we much. We might I really have don't. mentioned Harry Mudd. Maybe. Oh, no, we talk about. Maybe. We talk about Mudd. Yeah. Oh, you're joking. Okay. Yes, I'm joking. We talk about Mudd. And I think it was, um, I remember hanging up and saying that was funny. Like, we had a good time. 
Um, but you'll, you're going to be the judge, listeners. Uh, you're going to be the judge. And if you like this episode, let me know. You go to Facebook.com slash Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, where you can leave a message on the wall. You can leave a message um, directly in, in messaging to me. Uh, or you can go to Twitter and go to at Jay Hoffman, at Jay Hoffman on Twitter, H-O-F-F-M-A-N, and let us know because um, if the listeners are enjoying our discussions with the crew and cast of Discovery, we'll make more of an effort to get them on the show. Yes. If you guys are like, eh, when the cast gets on, it's kind of sucks, then, then hey, it's a lot easier for us to just Then let you him, get more Brian. Get more Brian. <laughs> Maybe the next one should be just, just all, all Brian and the cast and none of me. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and, you know, we also want to get the, the, the Discovery team, the production schedule is so heavy and they've been so busy. I know that I want to talk to the designers, like set designers and, um, you know, uh, I don't, you know, gadget makers. I mean, I would really like to talk to the production yeah, designers. Yeah, prop builders. Prop yeah. builders. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Uh, so that's going to happen eventually. But luckily, you know, we already had um, our friend Anthony Rapp on. And we spoke to him uh, for a little bit. And today is the day where we're going to talk to Rain Wilson. And uh, I don't remember what we talked about, but it's going to happen right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Engage, Engage. the official Star Trek podcast. Energize. And, you know, since you brought the name up, Harry Mudd, I do want to talk to you a little bit about that character, but we can't talk about it right now. We have to go into the future. So what I'm going to do yeah. is for this week, I'm going to say goodbye, but then we're going to, like, it's like traveling through a wormhole, which was very Star Trek. Oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're chopping up time into little bits. Right. So guess what, Rain Wilson, you and I have just come out the other side of a time uh, space-time displacement and we are now X amount of weeks in the future what that means is that. your Prizio um, event uh, that you did uh, the winner has already been selected and uh, probably you, you already met the winner and you went probably with... met the winner probably went already to the premiere probably yeah. had an amazing time yeah what was your what did they serve at the at the after party what was the the tastiest thing you had at the after party I think it was the grilled shrimp on the skewers. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're doing yeah. I we're, like we're doing improv today. This is great. This is a lot of fun. Um, okay. okay. This, yeah, so, from my comedy background. That's, so. that's right. So, and freeze, you know? So, um, But uh, one thing we can talk about for real is that I have not seen uh, Discovery yet. But by the time we are listening to this, I will have seen it and maybe even seen the Harry Mudd episodes. But one thing I have seen is uh, your costume, because it was on display at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas and also at San Diego Comic-Con. And right. it was real cool, because it was like a mix of the future and the past. It also had like a bandana on it. Um, yep. what, uh, what was it like for you when you first got to see, you know, because you don't get to often wear 
you know, intergalactic space wear in, in, in your work? What was it like getting in that costume? Well, the whole thing happened uh, very rushed because the show is behind, the scripts are always behind, and that always happens in TV. And they're scrambling to catch up to production, and the, and the writers and the costume people are working together. And so I really didn't know what I was getting into. So I land there in Toronto, and that was the first thing was to go into wardrobe fitting. And um, the costume designer, whose name I'm forgetting, but we can look her up. Maybe your assistant can look up her name. I'm so sorry I forgot her name. She's brilliant. And her drawings are all over the walls, and, and the hundreds of drawings, I mean, of of Klingons and Romulans and the different cast members and crew members and people on other planets and uh, just a whole look and a feel, color palette to the to the wardrobe. And specifically with Harry Mudd, like, we, you know, we talked, we had a conference call with the producers early on and we talked about what we wanted to do with the character, what they wanted to do, what I was interested in doing. And a lot of it was, you know, I hate this word reboot, but rebooting the character um, for this very contemporary feeling show. He needed to be not quite as sleazy. Um, not quite as sleazy? Was that what you, you, you dropped out for a second. Was that the word you oh, used? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I hope you're hearing me okay. I hear um, you now, but the... Uh... Oh, it just popped out there. I would say not as, not as silly. Oh, silly. Um, oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I mean, the original... Uh, uh, Harry Mudd um, was uh, such a brilliant uh, character, uh, obviously, and um, uh, but a lot of those early original series um, episodes, some of them were almost almost like comedies. They almost played like comedies. And Roger Carmel had a great kind of evil glint in his eye, um, and he could be fairly nefarious, but he was um, a little comedic. And so we wanted to just just tilt the needle a little bit towards a a more dastardly, uh, a, a little more villainous Harry Mud. Because um, remember, and um, he, he's willing to sell them out in in his show in, in the Harry Mud shows. I mean, he's he he, he doesn't care about. Oh yeah, I mean, in the, in the second one, swindling. He's, he's ready to yeah. um he's ready to to strand them on a planet. You know, I mean, he's. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, you're right. There's sort of a goofy kind of likability to him. And a lot of that is just sort of the acting. It's the costume. It's also like the music that plays the whoop, whoop, whoop when he's on yep. screen. But he's bad guy. You know, he's uh, he's as much of a villain as any other Star Trek villain. Yeah. Yeah. It was I, I mud where he was going to strand the Enterprise with the with the with the androids. Right. Um, and his and his android wife and uh and skip town and you know sell them all down the river mm. so we just wanted to um explore a little bit of the, some of the darker colors of that hairy mud uh type of character and uh and this is no just to to roger carmel because he was um he was just fantastic i mean he brought so much life to the character he was all these different colors so that's what i really what i love in acting when i watch acting is you know how many different shades and nuances and facets can you bring to a character and roger carmel was charming he was dastardly he was funny he was vulnerable he was cruel it was a lot of different colors um for what he created well do you do you consider that like an acting challenge or is it something that you're nervous about like 
playing a role that already is something. I mean, Harry Mudd isn't as known to the average bear as, say, Kirk or Spock, but to Star Trek fans, we know and love Harry Mudd. You know, the other crewmates, uh, your other cast members on the show, there's never been a Captain Lorca before. There's never been a Michael Burnham before. So, you know, but with this, it's like, wait a second, you know, we're going to really, it's going to be under the microscope a little bit. Yeah, it was it was definitely challenging. Um, how can I do this character justice? A character that I loved growing up and seeing him just over and over again in, in reruns and watching the episodes again and again. How could I do him justice and also play the role that I needed to play in the series, you know, in Discovery? Um, he plays a really pivotal role in a couple episodes. And um, uh, it's, uh, it, it was a challenge. And be funny at the same time. And try and, you know, and try and evoke some of those colors and textures that we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, incredibly that, challenging. You've worked in a lot of, uh, you know, you've worked in, in, in comedy, TV, independent films, big budget stuff. Um, but they always say, for whatever reason, Star Trek shows have a, they're a bit notorious for being really grueling hours and very labor intensive. In your time on the show, would, would you say that's correct or was it pretty much standard for uh, a typical uh, tv show these days jordan it almost killed me <laughs> they almost killed me on this show i almost died because the, the 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 second episode that i did um that david barrett directed it was all mud all the time and i was in practically every scene driving every scene and, oh, my gosh, at least 13, 14 hour, 14 hour days yeah. and uh, really long scenes, a lot of physical stuff. And I'm getting I'm not I'm not I'm not a young man. <laughs> um, I'm getting old. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy. So um, it was really it was very difficult. And the dialogue is is tough because obviously. Anytime you have dialogue that has kind of non sequitur stuff in it, like sciencey kind of phrases, trekno babble, we call it trekno babble. Trekno babble. Anytime you've got trekno babble, it's uh, it requires at least a couple of days of memorization, and so you can just have it run out of your mouth um, just seamlessly and sure. flawlessly without any mistakes. It's not just you know you do a lot of shows and your dialogue is like. Hey, how's it going, man? You want to come over here? Let's do it. See you. See you at the car in ten minutes. And that's it. You know, that's that's the lines you have to learn. It's super easy. You could learn it in thirty seconds. Sure. Um, but uh, so it was challenging, definitely. Wow. Did you? And now also, uh, how about your your colleagues that are doing all that under makeup? I mean, at least you got to just kind of be yourself by and large. Um. Yeah, the the makeup uh, is um, uh, yeah, that's that's beyond me. Uh, that's a whole other level um, uh, of uh, uh, of work and challenge. Um, yeah. So as a as a kid, when you were growing up, and 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 as you were watching, you know, everybody knows Star Trek. I don't know to what degree of a fan you were. What were some of your favorite episodes? that you remembered or, you know, f favorite captains or, you know, how, how much of a fan were you prior to getting this gig? Um, the, I, I was a huge fan, um, 
uh, of the of the original series. And like so many people of my generation, uh, I was about six years old, seven years old, and uh, I um, started watching the show and um, on reruns. And um, boy, I just um, uh, I, I I just I fell in love with it. Um, I loved all of it. I mean, I loved even I loved Spock's brain. You know, I loved all the episodes. Um, you know, I, I don't know um, what's my favorite um, episode. I mean, boy, I just I loved. I think Bones was my favorite character. Uh, I loved his. Uh, I loved his humor. I loved the the banter with Spock. Um, you know, favorite. Uh, you know, I. I loved, Tribbles. I loved all all of the uh, all of the ones. I certainly love the Harry Mud ones. Um, well, I I, lo- I love that you're d- defending Spock's brain because I'll tell you there are plenty worse episodes than Spock Spock's brain. It's uh, it's not as bad as they say. It's- yeah, no, and it was it was such a great entrance into the world of Spock. You know, it's, I I you know, and what his experience is like. But uh, I I love that one. Um, um, you know, everybody that I've talked to so far has just been gl- just glowing about uh, the set they've built up in Toronto. Um, can you give me a little bit of, of, of your, uh, you know, you've been in the biz for a long time, you know, what it was like seeing this set compared to other other things you've worked on? Yeah, um, so... You know, I think a lot of Trek fans will be angry uh, a lot of the stuff happening in the show because they always are. You know, there's some people that are going to be haters. Um, I really hope that they're able to really give it a chance. Um, they're, they're taking a lot of risks with this show. But one of the things that's really interesting is like, okay, so you're going to reboot a series and you're going to set it before the original series. But what are you going to do? Are you going to make the sets look like even more primitive than the original series and the, and the wardrobe and, and the Klingon makeup. Like, how are you going to balance that in today's technological advances um, with that original aesthetic? And I think they balance that really well. Um, it's uh, the sets are extraordinary. They, it's like a city. There's um, uh, there's, I hope you get to visit it. There's just warehouses filled with different sets and sick rooms and the hallways and transporter rooms and um, Klingon vessels and um, all kinds of uh, different chambers and cafeteria and, and everything. And um, I mean, the design is extraordinary. Um, it's, it's a, it's a real challenge uh, for a TV writer to take this beloved series and reinvent it and stay true to it at the same time. It's this tightrope you're always walking. And some people will say, like, it's too much the same. And some people will say, it's too different. <laughs> and so you're going to have critics on both sides. Sure, sure. Well, you know, people who like to play bar trivia are going to have a fun one uh, with you, good sir, because you uh, are now officially uh, a key member of, of Star Trek. You play Harry Mudd version 2 or version point oh one, sure. whatever you want to call it. But of course, you were in one of, not one of, the greatest Star Trek-inspired films ever made, Galaxy Quest. That was, in fact, I will say that Galaxy Quest was my first movie. Wow. That's awesome. We've had Dean Pariseau as a guest on this show early on uh, because Mm -hmm. he loves Star Trek and, uh, you know, was happy to 
to and Star Trek fans love that that movie also. And of course, it has become tremendous cult favorite. Uh, you know, not just with Star Trek fans, but with everyone. That was really and, your fir- you know, first movie they're, ever. They're making they're making a TV show out of it. Do you know that? That is the rumor. I've heard this this rumor, and uh, I hope it to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Would Indeed. you come back as a Thermian in that if, if the opportunity presented I, itself? I would come back as anything for that. I'm so <laughs> grateful for that opportunity. It was my first movie I ever did uh, playing a Thermian. I was supposed to have a much larger part, but I had also been cast on this TV show, and they were afraid that they wouldn't have me for dates. And um, so I, they had to reduce my part as a Thermian. But I was going to be a much larger Thermian of the movie, and that was a big a big bummer for me, but I did get to be some really nice scenes and um, uh, super, super fun. Yeah, you got to clap your hands like a Thermian, and, you know, that's the most sure. important thing. <laughs> I think my favorite Thermian story is how the, how we came up with the walk of the Thermians. Um, is, that's how, when you wear that skin-tight bodysuit, that's how you have to walk. Like, there's just an odd walk with kind of a stiff, straight legs, kind of like pumping up and down and um, kind of moving your toes up. And that's just how you naturally walk wearing that tinfoil suit. Wow. Um, so it wasn't any really great creation. It was like we were all just kind of walking that way. And I think Dean was like, that's brilliant. I love that walk. And we're like, well, this is just how we have to walk in these crazy suits. And he's like, keep it. It's perfect. Who who is the um who's the most fun? I know you're working hard on the show, but while you're working, you're also goofing around from time to time. Who's the biggest prankster on Discovery? Who's the most fun guy when it isn't you, guy or gal? Oh well, I got to go with Jason Isaacs. I mean, he's um he's his he's a hysterical he's a hysterical human being. Um, prankster. I don't know what prankster, but um. Of course, he takes the role very seriously, but I think he's um, he's always ready to go off script. He's always ready to improvise and see what happens. And um, he's got a really twisted, twisted sense of humor. Awesome. Well, you know, it, you are you are a busy man, and it's not like you are hurting for things to do. But now that you are officially in in the family. There will be opportunities for you to say go to the annual Star Trek convention in Las Vegas or go to the conventions sure. that happen. They're in Germany, they're in London, they're all over the world. Uh, do you see yourself perhaps visiting one of these things? You know, doing something on the stage, mixing it up with the fans. I would love to. I would love to uh, do a Star Trek uh, convention. Um, it would be. I mean, that's. It's kind of an actor's dream. I mean, kind of people make fun of them. But at the same time, as they did in Galaxy Quest, but at the same time, I think it would be an absolute hoot um, if I was if I was wanted um, as I play such a small or supporting character. But uh, I, I think it would be it would just be a thrill. Well, I mean, I, 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 I can't speak for those who book these events, but I guarantee you that they would want you there. And. You know, I think the fans would too. I mean, for God's sakes, you're Harry Mudd. I mean, it's very exciting. I mean, you I will see. What, well, this is what's exciting. By the time your episode airs, and I don't know, episodes plural, I don't know exactly when, but by next year, what will happen at these conventions are, people always come dressed as Harry Mudd because it's a great costume. So you're sure. going to have now people dressed as old Mudd and new Mudd. 
Oh, and, that's right. And they'll be like all the new mud. Yeah, they'll be like fighting in the hall, or like maybe it'll be the same guy, and he'll like well, on Saturday he'll be old mud, and then he'll come back on Sunday as new mud or something. I don't know. There's a lot of opportunities. I, I want to do a big like dance off between new muds and old muds <laughs> on stage or something like with a choreographer. I think that's so much fun. You know, this is programming that I think can very easily happening because a lot of uh you know the let, let's let's you know we're old friends now rain wilson you and i let's be honest yeah, the sure. the original let's harry mud is is a gentleman of size as i am yeah. and as not the new mud is not but so a lot of well, the people no 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 i i have some girth on me and and you know no no double entendre <laughs> intended i'm i am a I may not be Roger Carmel's size, but I am six foot two, two twenty-two. Fair enough. And um, uh, I've got I've got some heft. Well, you wear, you know, it's in all the right places with you, is what I'm saying. So um, that's what she said. But the um, the um, a lot of the fellas who go to Star Trek conventions, as 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 I, the the host of the official podcast, can sometimes be larger gentlemen, and and. You know, it, it, we don't want to dress. Uh, you know, some something like as you know, some of the handsome. Yeah, you don't want to be in a Federation suit. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times you'll see a lot of dudes dressed as Harry Mud. In fact, some could even say that the original Mud is overrepresented at conventions because it's a logical costume to wear. So what I'm saying is, there's a lot of Mud at these conventions already. <laughs> now there's going to be double Mud. I think the opportunities for some sort of um, I want to say mud wrestling, I guess, is what's going to happen between the two muds. It's it's a genuine, oh genuine thing. So, you I know, tell you what, I tell you what, you dress old mud, I'll dress new mud <laughs> and we'll um, we'll have a mud wrestling. You know, I think we can do this as part of the, uh, the the Saturday night costume contest. We can maybe co-host it. We'll, we'll be I we'll be in it. touch and maybe next year in Vegas it'll happen. But um Listen, I know you're a busy guy. Thanks so much for getting on the phone with us today. I hope that we're able to speak again, you know, down the line because the show never dies and the characters never die. Even, you know, I haven't seen your episodes yet, but even if your ship blows up on screen and you get vaporized, you might come back, you know? So you never never know. know. They never know. (laughs) It's been a real pleasure being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to come back. I really, I really would. We'll, We'll definitely find the time and hopefully there'll be. More mud right around the corner. Awesome. Uh, so there's all these mud puns and mud jokes. Um, mud flaps. I don't even... Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. You know, we could get the band Puddle of Mud. To yes, play absolutely. Show. They can host the whole thing. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Be well. Great, great talking to you. Thank you. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.